Hey guys, welcome back. You're listening to Desert Dogcast, Five for Howling's official Arizona Coyotes podcast, alongside Rose Ford and Carter Pavlik. I'm Rob Leonio. Here for, you know, it took us while to get back here, but you know what? We are back. I'm excited to be here. How you guys been? I've been doing good. Um, better than the team. The last few games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's tough to be worse than the team uh, past couple games. Okay, uh, let's be real. They haven't been all that bad. Very true. They could. It, it could be worse for them. Much, much yeah. worse. Uh, it's definitely you're starting to see a couple of cracks show, but it's by no means the end of the world. And, and you know, one of the things that I like to say a lot is, you know, slumps like this happen with almost every team at one point in the season. Unless, you know, your last year's Tampa Bay Lightning and you don't do that until the end of the year in the playoffs. Um, but, you know, it, it it happens. You see them. The best the best teams just have those kind of week or so and then they they bounce back. It's no problem. Everybody goes through ups and downs. I mean, come on. Let's think back to how we were all panicking when they lost the first two games. Oh, yeah. yeah. Despite and, being good. Yeah. And fun fact, the first two games was the last time we lost two consecutive games. So that was 12 straight games where we either won, got a point, or bounced back the next game. So I feel like the team's doing really good overall to start the season. Right. We're almost uh, a quarter of the way through the season already. Can you believe that? Wow. I I really can't. It feels like it's just getting started. Um, like teams are still trying to find their way. We're still trying to figure out what teams are good and which ones are just, you know, pretenders, which teams are actually bad or just having some, like, slow starts right um, but yeah almost a quarter of the way through that's crazy let's talk a little bit of uh coyotes news coming up um let's start off with uh some goaltending news the uh coyotes have announced that they have uh waived eric Shogren unconditionally so that means that they're gonna his contract is gonna be terminated no longer with the team so either of, within the organization at all um, and it seems likely he's going to make a return to uh, Sweden. Um, did you guys have an initial reaction when that was announced? Or, you know, what, what are you guys' thoughts? I wasn't really shocked. I mean, he didn't come over here to play in the ECHL, but he yeah. ended up getting jumped by Ivan Prosvatov. So, uh, and I mean that in the, he got passed over in the lineup by Ivan Prosvatov. So, <laughs> I mean, I was more shocked when the team signed him, if I'm being perfectly honest. Because it seemed like the goaltending depth was already there. Like, we didn't necessarily need to add another piece. Uh, I get that, like, before the season starts, it's all theory. And then once you actually start playing, things turn out differently. But, yeah, Yeah. it's kind of a... Interesting move. Yeah, that was a head scratcher for me. Like when they when they signed him, because uh, I was talking during the beginning of the off season when they decided not to tender a qualifying offer to Hunter Miska for the very reason of goaltending depth, and then they go ahead and sign another one in Shawgren. I'm like, okay, let's see. I'm not sure what they're thinking here, but you know what? Let's find out. And then you know, about a couple months later, we find out. Well, 
it didn't work out. I mean, it's, that's one of the things about this Coyotes team that I find interesting is that depth. Because, you know, you got three guys up in uh, in Glendale at, for, with the actual Coyotes uh, in uh, Ronta, Kemper, and Comrie. And then down in Tucson, what, in, now down in Tucson, you have Aiden Hill and Merrick Madsen, Ivan Prosvatov in uh, Rapid City. Like, do we see that kind of goaltending depth often in organizations? Or is it just me, like, from someone who, as a actual closer observer now? Well, the three at the NHL level is kind of a... Uh, an anomaly and it's yeah. mostly because if we put Eric Comrie on waivers somebody's going to take him yeah oh, yeah probably the team who put him on waivers which I think is Winnipeg yes Winnipeg yeah so um so that's an anomaly but the rest of the goaltending depth is pretty normal I mean just think back to a year or two ago when Vegas was having goalie injury issues. They went down to their, what, fifth string goalie? Something like that, yeah. CHL. <laughs> and the Blues won the Cup last season with an ECHL goalie. So I think in our minds, we maybe are overvaluing these guys. But yeah, I think it's kind of normal for teams to have this kind of depth, especially since, you know, it's tough to know what would happen if you took like Prostov off and had him play an NHL game? Do you think he would really be oh, as ready as saying, yeah, he's not Aiden Hill, for example. Yeah. Makes sense. I just found it interesting too, like how you see the movement down there in the lower levels a lot more, obviously with Shalgren getting, uh, getting, getting waived unconditionally. Prostov getting, uh, we assigned to rapid city and then Merrick Madsen getting recalled up to Tucson. You know, I, I kind of thought that was an interesting interesting set of moves in just a matter of about, you know, a day, 24 hours. And uh, obviously, I'm excited to see Merrick Madsen again. I was a big fan of him last year and the way he performed while uh, both Miska and Hill were unavailable in that brief period in November and December. But, I mean, hey, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm glad to see it going the way it is right now. Yeah, and from what I understand, the reason that they sent Ivan Prosvatov to the ECHL was the hope is that he will be getting more starts down there than he would in Tucson. That makes Aiden sense. Pretty much owns the net. Um, yeah. There is a question though there because they don't own the ECHL team; they don't manage it themselves. So we don't know if the Rush are actually going to play him as much as they'd like. Right. I mean, I feel like he's still probably going to get a chance to get a lot more reps in just because is he a worse goaltender than who the Rush have down there already? I, I don't know. The Rush have Tyler Parks, but Tyler Parks is their guy. True. That's That always seemed like a very interesting situation. Um, it's like, something we'll have to keep an eye on. Yeah. Definitely. Keep our eyes on Rapid City. Make sure that they're not pulling a, a Fort Wayne and just going completely rogue with uh, the players. I mean, ECHL teams are hard to gauge when it comes to their personnel because obviously, like, like you like you said, with most of the cases, there is no you know ownership and kind of that kind of management. And I I, I want to say most of them do that in that case, but. 
I mean, I guess we'll just have to find out and see if uh, Prosvetov gets his starts or or not. Yeah. That's uh. Yeah. What? Oh, go ahead. Oh no no. Uh, uh, I was gonna say, and if not, I can't imagine the team doesn't just bring him back up. And if he's not getting starts there, maybe back up for Hill maybe better. I, I don't know. That's because that's the interesting thing is how you like how they want to play this out because. Um. Obviously, it seems that they want to play Madsen a little bit too behind Hill because Matt again, I like Madsen, and I we'll see how he you know does because I think it's been a while since he's you know gotten some some starts, but I want we'll see. It's like again, it's a weird situation because just of how many goaltenders there are, but I don't know. Yeah, I keep wondering if in this horribly scheduled November schedule with all these backpacks and one day in between large amounts of travel if we're actually going to see Eric Comrie play. It wouldn't surprise me, especially next week. I, I could see Comrie getting a start then because, yeah, this November sucks. Yeah, because uh, up- upcoming next week, for example, you know, you got three road games and in a matter of four days – from yeah. DC, St. Louis, and Minnesota. That's just brutal. A back to back, one in DC and the other game in St. Louis. That's crazy. Yeah. Who yeah. thought of that? No clue. Uh, I know scheduling is really difficult to do because uh, you're juggling so many things. You're dealing with arenas who are booking other events and team schedules, and it's tough. And I never want to be the person to be like, I could do it better because I know for a fact I absolutely could not make a better NHL schedule. But still, this one's really rough. Yeah, generally with, you know, road trips, it's like you jump from like a a city to another closed city. Um, Like, let's say um, you're, you know, in, in that, you know, metropolitan area, you go from like Columbus to Pittsburgh and Phil- and then Philadelphia, like that is the a common thing to do. Or you go, or you know, if you're trying to make it easier, you go the opposite way as because you want to go back west. But right, know. and that's actually there's a, a term for that. It's called trip chaining when you you organize your commuting trips around um, to to make the, the trip more efficient. Right. And that's not what they're doing here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what I don't know where there is no rhyme or reason to this because again, from DC to St. Louis and then to Minnesota, like I mean, it's moving slightly westward, but at, no. But when you go to is is Minneapolis or St. Paul uh, west of St. Louis? No, it's north. Yeah, it's just north. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's 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 the weird thing. Like, it could be worse. It could be uh, DC to Minnesota to St. Louis, and at least there's kind of that break between St. Louis and Minnesota. Uh, that's probably yeah. the only good thing about next week. Yeah, because after that, then uh, two days after that, after being in Minnesota, they come back to Glendale for a game against uh, Calgary. I mean, that's. A matinee game too. Yeah, a matinee like, game, two p.m. I don't know 
why why it's at 2 p.m. That is that a national nationally televised game? That's the only thing I could think of. Um, no, no, it's not. No, because the nationally televised games, the two that we had, were going to be in. Um, uh, we're going to be against Vegas, and they're both in March. Although now they've turned the DC game into a nationally televised game on NBCSN. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's going to be because I, it it helps when you go to a NBC market. Um, I know this because I obviously I, I I find this out a lot um, when you go to an NBC market and they want to make it interesting games like oh you know what I think this is a good game to follow they'll make it national and they'll essentially use the uh the regional crew and just turn it national like i i saw that happen um in the i think it was the san jose game against chicago obviously both of them are nbc markets but they forgot to change the signage and so as they were going to a break it would say nbc sports chicago and i'm like but i'm watching nbc sports network like like I don't know, but yeah, but it, that's that's why that's why it works, and I think that that's what I love about going having a team go to an NBC market because hey, you might get a national game out of it. Um, looks like the Calgary game, Fox Sports Arizona, Fox Sports Arizona Plus. I don't know if they know what network it's actually going to be on any given day, and then SNF. And excuse my ignorance, is that like a that's Canadian a, station? Sportsnet. Yeah, Sportsnet. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm guessing that's why it's a 2 p.m. start, so they can have a sports net game. Who but, knows? Yeah, but I don't know what the F means, if that means. Uh, yeah, because I know SNW is Sportsnet West. Sportsnet Flames? Who knows? I'm too lazy to look it up. Actually, I tried it. Because uh, I'm looking at, I'm just looking down down the schedule here. For example, for the Maple Leafs game, that's SNL, Sportsnet Ontario. So. Google's not telling me much. Uh, so I'm going to say it's Sportsnet Frontier. Yeah, and, uh, that'll be my guess. <laughs> that could be it, actually. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's a really rough schedule. Not even like counting the fact that those are three out of four tough teams to play. Like if it was like the Blackhawks, the Devils, the Rangers, and the uh, Sharks, that would be a different series of games. Uh, But, you know, Capitals, Blues, Flames, those are really tough teams. Yeah, it is. Sorry Sorry about the sharks comment, Rob. (laughs) Uh, You know, I, I, I'm feeling like you know I'm getting immune to this now because you know I've, I've, I've I've had a lot of people don't talk to me already about it. I'm just like you know, it's it's like I'm 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 aware. So trust us we've been there yeah i think every true hockey fan has a period where they're just like yeah uh, i love the team and and they're terrible and i don't know what i'm gonna do but i got uh, i gotta stay loyal to them but they're terrible 
I think that's part of the reason why a lot of I'm fans actually, don't necessarily like the Vegas Golden Knights fan base too much right now because they haven't gone through that suffering yet. Yeah. Soon. Soon okay, enough. I found it. Sportsnet F is Sportsnet Flames. Ah, okay. Sportsnet O is Sportsnet 1. Although it might be Sportsnet Oilers. Sure. But that's the Maple Leafs game is on Sportsnet O. Oh, then that must be Sportsnet 1. But it also is on the flagship channel. These are not good naming conventions. Like, and, there's the, and then there's the regional ones. You got Pacific West, Ontario, and East. Like, Yeah. But that's what that is. So it's, it doesn't look like it's going to be national for Sportsnet. So yeah. it just happens to be 2 o'clock. That's, and, that's brutal. Yeah. And we get another 2 o'clock game the next week. So, yay. Gotta love matinees. I actually like them. It depends on the day. Because that feels like sometimes... Depends on the like, day. Especially, it depends on the opponent. Depends on, like, oh, so many factors. The, okay, Saturday two o'clock games. I like. Let's put it that way. The outcome, because if it's like a two o'clock game and we get like killed, I feel like that just ruins my night or causes the night to get much better. Because you're just like, okay, I gotta forget this game. Let's go do something crazy. Yeah, I've. I think I've only gone to like one or two matinee hockey games before, and I think in one, one of the time. I was like, you know, I, I'm I'm glad it was matinee because you know it's still light outside. I still have an I still have a whole night. I can do a lot of extra stuff. And then uh, other times I'm just like, so now the game is done. What am I supposed to do for the rest of the day? <laughs> yeah, well, I know a lot of folks have um, have done basically double headers where they've gone to Arizona Coyotes games during the matinee, and then they've drove down to Tucson and went to. Roadrunners games. That's actually an interesting. That would be. Uh, I don't know. Hell, that would be that. That would be pretty suckyish because I, you know, just last week I took the drive up to Glendale and it was not fun. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, but once that drive is over, right, the drive to Tucson isn't so bad. I could see it if you were a Tucson fan going up to Glendale. Then going back for a Roadrunners game, and then you get to go home. But if you're a Phoenix fan, like doing, it. you are better than I am because I would be dead on the drive back. I mean, it's the same time as if you just went to the Roadrunners game. It's really no different. True, but it feels like like I don't know. It I mean, like an whole extra time in there. I mean, that traffic well, for me that I didn't drive. <laughs> Probably, yeah. That, that traffic for for, for, uh, for me though between downtown Phoenix and Glendale was just miserable. I'm just like, what 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 is this traffic? Welcome to our world. And the thing is, I'm used to bad traffic. Being originally from the Bay Area, I'm this. I'm used to it. At least I think I should be. But I guess maybe living in Tucson has given me like this thought that traffic doesn't exist, but. I don't know. I mean, what would be good for a Phoenix person is to do a Coyotes matinee game and then maybe check out a Sun Devils game. That'd be something. That's always possible, too. I don't yeah. know Sun Devils are playing because I don't keep up on Have the uh, the Coyotes and the Cardinals ever 
played on the same at home on the same day? I'm sure they have. Yeah, got us. I, I got to Yeah, I got to assume so. So would people, I'm pretty sure some people would do that if there was a day game, and you know, or a may or may, usually probably the case. It's a day Cardinals game, and then a night Coyotes game. But but football is usually played on Sundays. It's like also Monday, true. Thursday, Sunday. Yeah. We don't have too many Sunday games, at least not, you know, this year, if I recall. Yeah, it doesn't seem like it. November 10th for the Cardinals is coming up. But I don't really follow football, so I don't know. Yeah. All I know is traffic is so much worse when there's events going on at both arenas. Freaking Monster Jam on the opening night every freaking year. Yeah. And I always forget about it. And I always end up like in a ridiculous spot where it's like $25 for parking. And I'm like, can I get to a $15 area? And they're like, no. Yep. And I'm like, okay, guess yeah. I'll pay 25 then. Yeah. Last week I um, got to the stadium area just about like 15 minutes or I'll say about 20 minutes before uh, kickoff between the Niners and Cardinals and I was lucky to get a $15 parking spot. And I was like, you know, I can take this. Um, so, but it was still hell to get over there. Um, but it was worth it. Yeah. Anyways, um, let's also talk some uh, Barrett Hayton. Apparently, it seems that uh, he's here to stay, guys. What do you, uh, you know, I, you know, you've got a chance to see a decent amount from him. Um, do you, do you like what you what you see from Barrett Hayton? For the most part, yes. He did take some stupid penalties in the last couple of games, but right, he's young. It's a learning process. Yeah, he doesn't look completely like out of his depth. If I'm being honest, but I also can see a benefit of maybe sitting him a couple games just to like reset. Because uh, I feel like he's maybe trying a little bit too hard right now. Um, I'm not sure if it's just maybe he the thinks, competition. Yeah, or, I was just about to say maybe. Or maybe go ahead, Rob. I was going to say maybe it's just he thinks right now because you know he's in the NHL, so he has to he has to be a little bit more flashy or whatever, and you know he needs to try harder. But you know if he just plays the way he plays or like you know or the way he started off with, and then you know I think he can do really well. Or maybe it's his promotion to the top line that has maybe got to his head. Yeah, and yeah. I think he has to try harder than he really does. Also, um, what was I just gonna say? Well, I will say this: like we, well, yeah, go ahead. They can't sit oh. him yet because Richardson is still out. Right. So once Richardson True. comes back, then they can make the choice of whether or not to sit him or somebody else. Yeah, I wouldn't. It wouldn't surprise me once Richardson comes back that they can they'll scratch him maybe a couple games to to kind of you know get him to reset. It wouldn't surprise me in in the slightest that that's the case. Yeah, uh, what I was going to say is I'm thinking like we were all looking at the nine game mark. Um, at least yeah. I was. I'm not sure if a lot of the fans were, and I gotta imagine he was looking at that too. And as we approached it, it seems like he gotten a little bit sloppier um maybe that was a concern for him like it's a difference between 
playing in an NHL or being like sent down to juniors. And if you're worried about that, then that can definitely affect your game. Yeah, I mean, if something like that gets to your head, I mean, hey, like you're just like, so if I continue to play well, I stay in the big league. Uh, otherwise, I get sent back to the CHL. Like, uh, uh, like you know, uh, just, it can it can really get to someone's head. Like, like that kind of stuff. Like, um, but you know, I'm I, I'm I'm rooting for him. You know, because again, I saw like I got a chance to watch a couple of the games that he played in, and I you know again, I like what I see from him. And kind of the the opposite side of that, uh, Philip Zadina has been in the news for all of the wrong reasons. Yeah, and that's the that, that's the like that's the weird thing for, with him. Like he was a huge prospect, and then yeah, he was actually projected to go third overall, wasn't he, in the same year as Barrett Hayton, and then uh, to Detroit at sixth. Yeah, yeah, he went down there. I don't know. It seems like. The Coyotes probably saw something in Hayton, maybe saw something in Zadina, and who knows? Maybe Zadina was rushed a bit instead of going to, say, a juniors program. He went straight to the AHL last season because everyone thought that he was going to not only succeed in the NHL, like he could have been a top goal scorer at 18 years old, and that's kind of crazy. Yeah. Yeah, but there there's always people who look like they're going to be so great when they're in junior and, and things like that. But then they come to the AHL and the NHL and they just don't quite fit, yeah. you know? And they there's even a term for it. They're called tweeners where they're better than, you know, just being an AHL player, but not quite an NHL player. There was a. Uh, I'm, I'm also a decent baseball fan. If if anyone loves baseball too, there's another term for that. They call them quadruple A. Um, there's just on the fringe, like, and that's the kind of thing you get. <laughs> you know, sometimes it's and it's a it, it's a gamble. You got to figure out whether or not this guy is actually going to be good. I mean, it's hard to tell because you see him playing the juniors. There are things you got to look for, but you know, sometimes you don't find them. Every drafted player is a gamble. It's just oh, yeah, very true. A sure thing they are. Yeah. And I know there's like the old adage that like once you get to the NHL, like you can't do the th- the same things you did in the lower leagues because they're going to catch you. And I wonder if maybe it's that like he's not able to adjust the game because he keeps trying to do these things that were making him successful in other leagues that you just can't pull off in the upper league. Yeah. Again, thing like anything in the when, when to get to uh to the professional leagues, it starts things start to get to your head because you think is like, oh, am I doing this wrong? Am I doing that? And then all of a sudden, like again, players overthink things, and then you know when they overthink, then it makes things worse for them and everything like that. I think you know I, this might be the case of how it's going with Philip Zadina over in Detroit. I'm actually looking. I just, I just, you know, searched up on Google, and the first thing that shows up is uh, saying, "Don't be surprised if Steve, Steve Eiserman trades Philip Zadina." Like, yeah, definitely rough, and also just a really good lesson for pretty much everyone not to judge prospects or drafting too quickly, because if you go all in, you are gonna potentially look foolish especially if you are like really questioning a pick. Mm-hmm. 
Yep. And it goes, just goes to show you that um, sometimes the, the scouts and the process that Shika uses sees things that, you know, the rest of the analysts might not. <laughs> and certainly things that the fans don't see. Because I don't know about you guys, but I didn't watch any games featuring either Hayden or Zadina before this. I mean, that's that's the thing. It's like not very many of us. If you're a casual, if, if like obviously, if you're a casual fan, there's no way in hell you're watching the WHL, OHL, you know, whatever. Because why would someone like that care? If you're casual, if you're a little bit more serious, maybe someone like me, I might keep my tabs, but I don't watch games heavily. Then you have the scouts, and obviously that's that's their job right and there's there's folks who who make it a point to be um up to date on prospect information and stuff like that and there's prospect analysts out there and it's usually their information that i i take to heart and all of them projected hayden much much lower and zadina much much higher so, and I'm I'm just glad that for Hayton, we're talking about the possibility of him sitting for a couple of games and not being traded. Yeah, and we're just yeah. talking about him securing us, you know, actually securing a spot with the Coyotes longer term. You know, being here with the se- being with them in the season, like. Okay. Well, we need to be cautious about saying that he's securing a spot because one quote from um, John Chaika that he gave in Craig Morgan's most recent uh, Yotes notes on The Athletic, he said, mm-hmm. two injuries and he could be playing significant minutes or I could make three, four trades and all of a sudden there's less opportunity for a lot of players, including Barrett. We'll see how things evolve and continue to shake out. At the end of the day, his play is going to dictate every decision. And so far, his play has been really good. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't think he's like a lock for being on the team for the rest of the season and playing the type of minutes that he had been. But it's, it's, it's definitely something. It's at least in the discussion of him being there longer than, you know, probably he would think so. Like, Right. And if Shaika, who we all know loves to trade actually does make a trade or two or three or four (laughs) then um they might just send him to the world juniors until they can clear some spots up for him yeah true around that i would be very hesitant to trade with uh if i was any other gm if you look at you know the soderberg knotten trade and the um, Schmaltz, Strom, Perlini trade, like those are turning into the Soderberg to not clear win. The Schmaltz for Strom and Perlini is looking a lot more in it's, Arizona's favor. Yeah, it's, it's getting a little bit of a lean, but you know, obviously, I, when you factor in Strom, though, it's tough because Strom, like Strom, has I think you know he's he's impressed in Chicago, but Chicago is just not playing well as a team yeah i was saying all last season was too early to judge the strom uh yeah. schmaltz trade and i still think that like give it at least another two years these are young players absolutely like, they're going to be with their teams for a while yeah and we don't know exactly how it's going to end up trading out yet um but Nick Schmaltz is looking really good right now. And I know he's been leading the team in some statistics like uh, on evolving hockey site. He's been leading in um, 
RAPM, I think it's called. I forget what that stands for, and it's too late for me to look it up. Right. <laughs> Uh, he was just named the player of the month uh, in the is it Canon Jeweler thing I saw online. And I know um, I recently did a cross blog thing with the guys at Copper and Blue, and they were really surprised by him. Like the I think the exact quote was or close enough to the exact quote was I would not have expected Nick Schmaltz to be leading the team in points. And like, yeah, I think. People in Arizona may have expected a lot more of him than I think most people in the league. And let's take another quick break. On the other side, we will talk some Tucson Roadrunners. You're listening to Desert Dogcast. And we're back. Welcome back to Desert Dogcast. Let's talk some Tucson Roadrunners, guys. Um, you know... I, How are things going down in the two? It's it's interesting because uh, they went on a pretty lengthy win streak. They were want, go want, go want, went to win six straight, and then it got you know throttled by the Chicago Wolves, who want, you know beat them twice in regulation. And honestly, they looked terrible in those two games. But they bounced back. They beat Stockton. They beat San Jose, and then they come back to Tucson. Just on uh, Friday night, night of this recording, and they win in, in nine rounds of a shootout. That must have been fun. Yeah, yeah I was like, it's like, ooh, let's get this, let's get out. We're gonna maybe get out early and see whatever. I like, maybe, obviously, they were down to nothing, so I wasn't really hoping it would stay that obviously because you know I was like, you know, why would I want to see a two nothing game, especially if Tucson loses, but. You know, they had they had a late comeback. You know, they tied the game late in like I think it was just like four minutes left and um forces overtime and goes and in the ninth round, it's uh Bo Bennett who uh scores. And here's the funny thing, and we'll hear from him actually in a little bit. I have a uh his uh one minute forty seven second uh interview in the post game, but uh it was I was observing this and it was weird. Because in that game, he it looked like he fanned on the shot, and it, it just kind of kept going forward, and it just went past Stockton's goaltender. Oh, that's the Kucherov move, isn't it? I I don't know. Maybe it was weird. I don't I, know if it's really done on purpose, but I have seen Nikita Kucherov do that move in shootout. So let's actually hear from Bo Bennett and see what he has to say about me, because he actually mentioned that shot in this uh, post-game interview. So let's go ahead and hear it. So I heard you saying as you're walking up, so you said over seven? Over seven, yeah. It's been a while since I took one in the AHL, but I was two for two in uh, NHL. And um, I've been so snake bin, it just is kind of... I need one of those to go in. Just to say, you see you, the puck go in the net. You kind of even were on that. It just happened oh, to be that it. I missed worked. the shot and it just finally went in. It was just kind of like, eventually it'll go in. It's just is fitting that it came in that game deciding goal. How many? How often have you seen a shootout go that deep on a one-one situation? I mean, where the goaltenders are just goalies were dialed. Ice was really bad, so it's kind of like. Uh, you almost run out of moves trying to, you're overthinking it. And then once you get into those later rounds, it takes a fluky goal like that to go in. A league high, tied for the league high with nine wins now. How does the team just keep finding ways to, I mean, that, that's obviously a unique one, but 
we're tight group, you know, like we, we really enjoy winning and uh, we don't take any win for granted. So even though it's early in the season, you know, we, the boys love it and you can't sweep the weekend if you don't win the first one. So it was great for us. Sunday in San Jose, you needed four in the third. Now today you come back with two in the third. What does it say about the overall resiliency of the group? I mean, we we have pretty long practices, so I think it just shows that our stamina is pretty good. And then in the third periods, we kind of dominated both games. So um, they have a really good team, and uh, we just got to come back ready to play from the, from the get-go tomorrow. Special teams have been pretty important to the group. Another one tonight. I know it's a cliche question, but when you have that ability to get that goal like that from the special teams late, how important is it? It was huge, and we were getting chances even though they weren't going in and throughout the second, first and second. So as long as you're building momentum, it's great. And uh, then Berkey got a big one in the third. And it was just great to get a point and then to get the extra one and shoot out. What did you guys think about that? I mean, the special teams being very important kind of hurt. Uh, especially after this past week. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's true. It is. It is true. And you, I think... You can live or die by special teams in a, in, in a, in a, in a hockey game. It's it's crazy. Uh, I kind of agree with him that, like, when you get late in those shootouts, it just... It seems like it's just the stupidest goal that wins it. Well, because like, you, 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 heard, you heard from what he said is the ice was bad. Obviously, you'd expect that because they didn't. They they hadn't zamboni the ice since the beginning of the uh, of the third period, or you know, the second intermission. So you had twenty minutes of people skating plus an extra five minutes of three on three overtime and eight rounds of shootout. That ice is chopped up. So there's going to be a weird bounce going coming in there somewhere. I kind of missed the season where we did the dry scrape before a shootout. I I felt like that was better. I can't quantify it in any way, but it seemed like it wasn't much of an inconvenience and it seemed that the shootouts went like a lot quicker. Right. And don't they sometimes just do like a Zamboni strip down the middle for a shootout? Uh, have they done that recently? I don't think I've seen that happen recently. I thought they yeah, did I think, in the NHL. I think they stopped the doing that in the NHL. Um yeah, I think because uh, of, because you see some uh, some players literally go like eighty feet wide on their way in, so like a strip wouldn't really matter anyways. Yeah, like some um, like so, so, some of them going that wide. I'm like, I don't know. Are you trying to get extra momentum or whatever? But okay, I'll take it. You know, if 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 it works, it works. Yeah, I don't expect to see me getting a goal on a shootout so i'm not about to question too much what another player is doing but but yeah that's that's great that tucson's you know they seem to be doing really well like they um coming back so they as of right now i believe we were just talked about in the presser with uh with jay verde and the they were saying how the team is now at tied for the the highest in the league and wins at nine wins so it's, you know, they're, they're rolling. Who are they tied with? Um, let me bring up that, uh, the standings. Man, it is so nice to know that we have so much depth down in Dusan gel team, like Fisher and, and Kraus and so on. Yeah. And it's not something you see a lot. Um, like you don't often get an NHL team with a great AHL team. Like, it seems like you have a terrible 
NHL team and a great AHL team. And like, you're just developing the prospects, but it seems like the Coyotes have just gotten really deep with uh, players and we could probably call up a few and they'd probably still be doing pretty good. All right. So uh, Tucson is tied for nine wins with Hartford, the Hartford Wolfpack. Oh, okay. Yeah. And I'm really, I'm, I've been noticing that uh, Lane Peterson's been having a really good year. Lane so. Peterson has been phenomenal. Um, I want to say, like, he went during that six game win streak, he scored in all of those six games, I believe. Um, wow. Yeah, he was unbelievable. And then he went on, you know, the games against Chicago. He didn't play great, but um, let me bring up, let's see if I can get his stats as of recently. Yeah, and it just still always impresses me that he was just completely undrafted and came to a camp and just signed right out of camp. 14 points in 12 games. Talk about a diamond in the rough. Yeah, that's definitely like, I think probably a lot of teams overlooking someone like Peterson and also just so much work ethic to be able to go from being an undrafted player to getting us like, you know, playing like this, you have to be working and improving your game to an expert level that I yeah. don't think you necessarily get with a lot of players. You know, I know it's only 12 games in for, for him, like I said, 14 points in 12 games, but, you know, I love to look at the shot percentage and see how he's doing. Right now, I am, like, I I, like, I had a, my jaw drop for a little bit when I saw a shot percentage. 31%. Wow. He is accurate. <laughs> yeah. That'll be um. It'll be interesting to see if he gets a call up this season. Like if it wouldn't surprise me. Injuries. I think a lot. I I think this the uh, the team definitely has their eye on him. I can I could tell you that. What are his yeah. uh, prior year shooting percentage? Do you know? Um, last season he shot seventeen point four, and twenty seventeen twenty eighteen season fifteen point six. Okay, so he's riding a little high right now. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm assuming that's going to dip down below again, but like I still think he's going to be this is probably going to be a, a a high for him in uh in shot percentage this year and just in general in getting points. He was right. uh 47 points in 67 games last year. I'm assuming it's like it was, if he stays down in Tucson, dude, he's going to get a lot of points. He's cuz he's just really good. Would you have him as a early pick for AHL All-Star? Um, as of right now, yeah, I'd put him in. I, I, I'd put him in that on that list. He did. He's um, he's definitely impressed me enough to get that. I'm actually planning on going to Ontario for the uh, All-Star game. Hopefully, maybe we'll see. That would be cool. Yeah, it's only a what six-hour drive, maybe less to get there <laughs> something like that i haven't taken the time to go to ontario california in my life who'd have thought yeah yeah I don't, there's nothing in ontario california so except for so, the rain and yeah now the ahl all-star game yeah <laughs> uh, we're gonna get so much california hate Anyone listens to this? I I'm from, unless they know I'm from California, and I I'm, even I'm I'm just like what, what what is Ontario like? 
Yeah, I didn't even know there was an Ontario, California, and still I st- until I started following AHL teams. Yeah, no, uh, like I didn't know at first because, like, too, I saw a, um, I saw flights. I was at an airport. I was not at an airport, and I saw oh the flight from San Jose to Ontario, and I'm like, wait, there's an on a flight to Canada here in the domestics, and someone's like, oh no, that's SoCal. I'm like, wait, there's an Ontario in California. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's why I learned about it because I'm like always very interested in those like, oh, there's a Portland, Maine and a Portland, Oregon. That's fun. There's an Ontario, California and an Ontario, Canada. Oh, I'm very fun at parties, guys. Uh, Super fun. Seems like you definitely be be interested in visiting Paris, Tennessee. Little Paris, Texas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or, uh, uh, what was the one in um, in Death Proof? I think it's like Lebanon, Texas, or one of those. Uh, Something like that. Yeah, there's there's things everywhere. It's just like, um, oh yeah, there's also a Glendale, California. Uh, yeah. yeah, it just it's a smaller you know community within the LA suburbs, so everyone just calls it LA. I mean, I'm from outside of Jamestown, New York, and there's 50 billion Jamestowns. So, yeah. Yeah. There's just so many. Obviously, you know, there's, um, you know, millions of cities. So you can only get so creative. <laughs> Apparently. Um, but, yeah, um, as I was saying, though, Tucson Roadrunner is doing phenomenal. Um, interesting to see what they do. Um on Saturday, I'm not again. I'm not sure we'll, when people will be hearing this, but yeah, they play Stockton again, and then let me see what they're. Uh, I think and I think Stockton again back in Stockton, like after like yeah, uh, the 15th they're back in Stockton. Um, I wonder if that's kind of shell teams like make a lot more minor tweaks because of like playing the same team over and over again. Uh, like it kind of the concept reminds me of anyone who's ever done like a uh, trading card games where like you're facing off against the same opponent multiple times and you're like, eh, let me get my side deck in here. Let's swap some things out. Or if AHL teams are making those kind of tweaks. I'm assuming they would. I mean, um, especially I don't think they wouldn't. like, it's, especially cause like you get the Nova teams and obviously you're just like, all right, I know this works, this kind of uh, style works, and this doesn't. Let's swap this player in. Let's do that. This player on this line. Like, in the AHL, they do so much, like, rotating in and out. It's it's ridiculous. Let's see. After, Stock- after at Stockton, they go to San Jose a week before my trip to San Jose, so I won't be able to watch those games. I usually try to match it up, match it up right, where I can go watch the Roadrunners in San Jose, but it's not going to work out this time. At least not this for that week. Maybe later in the year. But do we want to switch over to the predictions? Yeah, let's talk predictions. Okay. Uh, before we do that, I do want to do a, a recap of our predictions from the last podcast. Uh, we were all right in saying that we beat the Devils. 
Uh, Rob was closest with a 5-1 win. Uh, yeah. Versus the 5-3 win that we actually had. Um, against the Sabres, Rob was saying 4-3 overtime win. Rose with a 3-2 regulation win. And me with a 3-2 regula- or shootout loss. We had a 3-2 shootout win. So we're all kind of close. Uh, and then I think... Uh, you guys were much better against Montreal. Uh, Rob with a 3-1 Montreal win. Rose, 3-2 overtime Montreal. Me, 1-0 uh, win with Hayton scoring the goal. I will say Hayton scored the only goal we had against Montreal, so that's kind of a kind of a thing. But yeah, that was a 4-1 loss and not fun. No, that's not fun. Nope. <laughs> So, let's now move on to these upcoming games. So, Washington. uh, That may be the toughest game of the season so far. Uh, Yeah. And because it's in Washington, too, I know that's a tough place to play. Yeah. Alex Ovechkin is unreal. Yeah. He continues to, like, we all know what he's going to do on the power play, and yet he keeps being able to do it on the power play, which that's just a level of greatness that you don't see in a lot of other players. I think we're going to win against the Capitals. Ooh. Okay. What do you think of her score? It's going to be tight, though. I think it's going to be another 3-2 win. Fair. Oh. For me, I, you know, yeah, I, I think the Capitals are just too good. Um, I'll make this a uh, a five-two loss. That would be rough, and you know, especially since, like, yeah, imagine. I would think. Kemper's been starting the first uh, first game of the back-to-backs lately, so yeah, you'd get lit up for the first time this season. Then. And uh, okay, I'll put it this way: it it on a five-two loss, but those last you know couple goals might be because hey, they pulled for an extra skater to try to. Okay. So it's the 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 last couple goals or one or two goals are because of that. Okay. Uh, very specific. I thought that was my thing. Um, yeah, you know, I just felt like I had to put at, le- at least get one in there, just slide it in. Uh, I- I'm pessimistic with this one. Just, I think the team's currently in a funk, and I don't see us being able to turn it around in time for the Capitals. Uh, so I'm thinking it's going to be a loss. I'm thinking it's going to be. Four one, uh, which is not going to be good. And as someone who reads all the comments, I imagine it's going to cause people to freak out. But I think the next game is going to be a bounce back game. Okay, let's let's talk about that one. St. Louis Blues the very next night. Cup champions, and unlike the Capitals the season before, they're not drinking and doing push-ups and fountains, which is not fair. We should be catching them while they're still hungover. (laughs) 
Yeah, but the Capitals didn't even like even though they were drunk all season long, it felt like it seemed like, you know, at the start of the season they didn't have the hangover. But True. You know. Maybe that's just what uh, DC is. But this game's gonna be interesting. The St. Louis game. As much as I think the um the Capitals game is gonna send a wake up call to be like, hey, we need to improve, this is gonna be a major bounce back game. And I'm thinking we're gonna flip the script. We're going to go 4-2 against the Blues. I agree with you on the win. I do think that they're going to bounce back and they're going to feel it. You know, they're going to get their feet back. Um, again, the Blues are a good team, but, you know, I think, I, I, I sincerely think the Coyotes are a good team too. They just, you know, again, they just went on that funk. It's, you know, they it, stuff like that happens. They'll bounce back against the Blues, and I think this is going to be a uh, 4-3 win. Yeah, I'm going to go against the grain here and say it's the second half of the back-to-back that we drop because that seems to be a theme. True. Yeah. Um, It's going to be a 2-1 game because they're both kind of stingy on the defense. And it's going to be a 2-1 loss in overtime. Okay. I wouldn't mind that. Getting a point, uh, I mean, three points, two games, if you're correct. I'd take that. Yeah, that works. And then, considering we're just coming off a trap game, uh, we're going to be playing the Wild. We're also not good this season. The Wild Is this gonna... are probably one of the worst teams in the league. Right. Is this going to be another team that Arizona seems to underestimate and uh, let's go in the first 20 seconds? Who knows? Hopefully not. Your mic's starting to go again. Yeah, I think the wild game is going to be the trap game and that might actually be the one that they end up losing because of um, they're going to be tired at that point. It's going to be a long trip from D.C. to St. Louis and then to Minnesota. So I think that's going to be the one that they float. You know, I watched Minnesota play just the other night, and it was against San Jose, and I could I, I this that team is really bad. Um, like. It would, yeah, it, I don't. I don't even know what to say about that wild. Te- this wild team. I think you know it's a game that for the Coyotes to regain the momentum. It's one where like you know because because of their you know tougher games that they that they had to endure over the last week so far. I mean, it's like on that on this one, it's going to be like you know. I think that it's, it will be a win, a, a decent win for them. Um, I think it's going to be like. Uh, Five to one. Five to one? Wow. You know what? You've turned me around, Rob. I do think that the Wild are not great this year. And even though they can't lose them all, just like you can't win them all. um, Yeah, I think the Coyotes will turn this one around after they lose to the Blues. And uh, it'll be 2-0 game. All right. I can take it. 2-0 2-0 for the Coyotes. Okay. I 
don't have as much faith as you guys. I I think you were right to start off, Rose. I think they're going to be tired. I think they may go a little bit, you know, less prepared than they should. I think it's going to be close, but I think this is going to be another instance where the why where their team where the other team scores first and the Coyotes are just chasing the game and then they just get lapped. Uh, I'm going with another 3-2 loss, just like we did for the Blue Jackets. In regulation, too. I'm actually curious who they start in that game in goaltender. Um, It's got to be Kemper, right? Well, I'm actually talking about Minnesota. um, Um, Dubnik. Yeah, because I guess they're not on. A, I'm looking at it right now. They're not on a back to back, so they wouldn't have to worry about starting Alex Stalock. I don't know, man. I think Stalock has gotten a couple of starts over Dubnik because he's been so bad. <laughs> yeah, they they're, they're both not not great. It's yeah, the yeah. are just. It's really a good thing that we had a whole lock lockout because they signed Suter and Parisi. It's just. It's it was really worth it uh, with those contracts. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that team just praying for compliance buyouts? I think maybe. Uh, maybe they'll start another lockout so we can so they can get some, like have <laughs> another weird cap thing where they're like, no, 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 we don't need to have these players anymore. Although, can you buy out Parisi? He's a native and. Like, I feel like the fans may revolt. Nope. No, they won't. Not after this season. Come on. I mean, who else do they have? Jason Zucker. Uh, true. When they were talking about um, Paul Fenton shopping him, I wouldn't have minded if we picked up Jason Zucker. As long as it didn't cost us Dvorak. Oh, my God. I'm, I'm looking at their roster right now. I know. Let's see. Yeah, I know. I, I I know very few of these players. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm looking at the defense right now. I barely know anybody. Yeah, I mean, uh, forwards right now: Fiala, Folingo, Koivu, Parise. Yeah, I guess I know more than I think I know, but still, so, not too many names. So, Carl, what score did you pick for that game? For that game, I picked 3-2. Okay. All right. um, And then uh, for the next episode, we'll talk about the Hurricanes game. So we'll... we'll, I'm going to get the wrong one. I'm looking at the The Minnesota Wilds. The Flames game. Yeah. Why am I looking at the Wilds still? Yeah, the Flames (laughs) game. Yeah, we'll talk talk about the Flames, Kings, Maple Leafs, all those. And then... Because you've been working too much. <laughs> yes, I have been working too much. I have. Uh, I barely get days off. But you know what? I uh, I like my job because, you know, I get to talk about sports. And, yeah. I mean, Coyotes fans, if next week is rough, just look forward to the week after where we get to play the Kings twice. That's... A gift? Yeah, that's a gift from the schedulers, and I don't want to jinx it. Uh, but plus, a bit of a struggling, a somewhat struggling Maple Leafs team. Yeah, no Tavares. 
Who knows? Well, be... he's back already. Oh, he is? That was fast. That was fast. He's still playing with a broken finger, I believe they said. But they were like, oh, God, the team needs me. I got to play. <laughs> <laughs> I think uh, I heard on, a, on another podcast that Vancouver and Toronto, pretty much the same points right now. Vancouver is like, yeah, this is awesome. And Toronto's like, burn it all to the ground. Yeah, but Toronto's always like, burn it all to the ground. Yeah, they, they say that after one loss. Like, <laughs> I mean, they're no New Jersey booing the Devils while they're tied, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> let's, uh, let's get some final thoughts. Yeah. Uh, this past week was rough. I think Coyotes fans can all acknowledge that, but I think we need to focus on the positives. The the team is still doing really good. We have five regulation losses. We went so long before we had back-to-back losses. Everyone who's upset needs to calm down a little bit. And if things are bad next week, then we burn it all to the ground. But for now, we're okay. Yeah, and we have to remember that we haven't even had three losses in a row yet this season. Our record is two losses before turning it around. And do you really count that Calgary game as a loss? I mean, we still got a point. Yeah, now you got a good point on that. So we're still tight in the the wild card race. We're uh, the second wild card in the standings right now. Who knows where we'll be after we finish that nasty road trip. Mm -hmm. Things are going well. Stay positive. And hopefully they'll keep going well. There you go. (laughs) And also remember, we do have a lot of games in hands versus the teams above us. Also true. true. They played less. Yeah, less games. Um. Yeah, you know what? We're we're just uh, I say we're five games because I'm looking at the majority of these teams. We're about five, six games away from the official quarter way of the season mark. And you know, I I like the direction this team's this, that this team is going. You know, obviously two two straight losses, is something. I mean, it's it's weird because we're talking about that, but you don't want that. Those losses were bad, but. You know, I, again, I like this team. I like the direction they're going, and I think, you know, again, they're I, they should have no problem turning this around. From the te- the, the way this te- this team is built, they are going to be just fine. Um, I'm excited to see that. And again, I love I love doing a quarter season analysis, and I'll be doing that on inside the glass sometime soon because that's where around where we'll be by next week or whatever ish. And then third season, half season, you know, I start to break it up as we get more and more towards the season. But again, like I just like just pretty much like I said in a nutshell, I like the direction this is going. Yeah. So thanks, everybody, for listening to this episode of Desert Dogcast. Once again, you can find us anywhere a podcast can be listened to spotify google apple stitcher 
literally you name it you were probably on there um so you know go ahead and find us on that platform that you listen to subscribe if you're on uh i believe google or apple you can leave us a rating um you know make it easier for us to for other people to find us because obviously then we can climb on there was a category leaderboards or whatever i'm not sure how it works but hey maybe it might work but you know lots of things can um can go on with that so once again though um if you have any questions for the desert dog cast or inside the glass crew leave us a question in the comment section of the five for howling webpage that this gets published on or tweet at us at desert Dogcast or any of our twitter handles once again uh, mine is at rob leonio one mine is at rose colored facts i'm at carl pavlock ffh that's five for howling you can go again yeah, so you can tweet at any of us tweet at desert Dogcast. Make a comment wherever, um, you know, and we'll we'll feature those questions. No, we will answer those. We will, um, you know, don't think that uh, we like any questions a stupid question because you know maybe someone else has the same question as you do. I you know the same philosophy as 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 if you're still in school. You know, no questions a stupid question when it comes to asking us a question on the podcast because you know that's what we're here for. So. Anyways, thanks everyone for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Bye.